the Faith is Not Blind podcast, and I'm Sarah Devonier. I'm here with Alex. Hi. <laughs> Alex, will you just please introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us about where you're from and what you're doing now in your life. Okay, so I'm Alexandra Ruth Gaspard. I am originally from New Jersey, but my family's from Haiti, and I am currently a business marketing major. Yeah, wonderful. I know, I love it. <laughs> um, tell us about... So your family's from Haiti. You grew up in New Jersey. How did you become a member of the church? What's your story, your conversion story? So my mom's childhood best friend was a member of the church. And my mom was like, oh, yeah. You know, my mom wants all her children to be in a religion, yeah. even though she wasn't in a church. It's weird. And so uh, my aunt, well, I call her my aunt, my mom's best friend. She sent over the missionaries to our house. And my mom wasn't home that day, but they ran into me and my sisters and say they, while we were throwing out trash. And then they sat us down and started giving us lessons. And at first I didn't want to go because I was like, my Sundays are free. <laughs> like, I don't want to go to <laughs> How church. How old were you at the time? I was 12 years old. Wow. Yeah. I, it was right be, not too long before. I was in seventh grade. Yeah. And then they started coming more regularly and I became friends with them. So when mm. they came over, it wasn't more so about religion anymore. It was like, oh, I'm seeing my friends and yeah. I love seeing friends. And that's how they got me. <laughs> and then, those nice missionaries. Yeah, they were some of the best missionaries I've ever met. And I had like a blast with them. And yeah. then, so they started coming to my house August 2000, I would say nine, 10-ish. And then August... 2010 is when I got baptized. So how old were you when you got, got baptized then? Were you 13? 13. Mm -hmm. So knowing the missionaries as friends, and I, and I think the missionaries, they, they can be so friendly and you can have a friendship with them. What changed your relationship with the gospel so that instead of just being something social, it was something spiritual? Um, it was more so of like the friends that I started coming and meeting too. Um, at church. Yeah, mm -hmm. at church. Says um, the friends that I had in high school and the friends that I have in like now from church. Um, I'm more so, I'm like a lot closer to my church friends than I am to my high school friends. And it's because they were, I don't, I don't know, how, they were always very like respectful. Respectful. We all got along. We were very weird in our own way, but <laughs> we loved each other, if that makes any yeah. sense. And um, we always had each other's backs, if that makes any sense. Okay, yeah. give me a second. Let me think of this story. My friends are super fun, and when I was in church, they helped me focus in church. Like, we would set goals together. Oh, okay. You understand? Um, like, reading scriptures together sometimes, other times, just to sit through church. I have ADD, so I was, like, always all over the place. And then my friends would just be, like, sitting next to me, and they would draw with me, and we would sit and, like, listen to the talks while we would draw with each other and just to keep me calm down and stuff. So they were always very, they were always there for me, especially when they knew I could not focus. Yeah. And so through that, I was able to learn more about the church because I was able to focus more, but my friends were always very supportive of me. Right. So it sounds like your need for social interaction actually morphed and evolved into spiritual interactions yes. in the same thing. So when would you say was an experience that you had loving going to church and loving being with your friends and new, learning all these new things. When was an experience where you felt like you could say that you felt the spirit or recognized something that could be labeled as your own testimony? Um, it was when I was going to Palmyra. So it was like two, three years after I got baptized. Mm -hmm. We did a Palmyra trip with my youth group and we were 
me and my friend Mike, we were sitting on a hill and we were just talking about life in general. And then it was like through there while we were talking that I realized like how much more spiritual I had become over time. Yeah, how did you recognize that? What did it feel like? Um, I was just talking to him about my experiences. I was just like, you know, sometimes things can be hard, but I know like um, I've been keeping up with my scriptures and I believe in God and I like know that God has been there for me and I can tell you about the many times and the many blessings that I've had and how I know that that was just not by coincidence. Mm -hmm. And then I sat there and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, wow, wow, look at that. I'm just giving you my testimony about how much I believe in God right now. So and sort of you hearing yourself say it mm -hmm. made you realize that, that I had a testimony. That you had a testimony. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, a, a lot of what we've talked about in this podcast is how as our testimonies mature and grow, sometimes we encounter difficulties. Oh, yeah. So what was one major difficulty you encountered where, I mean, it's so wonderful to say, wow, I've got a testimony, but you might have an equally Hard powerful time. experience <laughs> saying, wow, I, I have this question or something's really difficult. Did you have an experience like that? So I know in the church is like, um, be like you have to love your family and everything but i started like questioning like whether i should change my personality or not to be more fitted for the church so so what do you mean by that um so i like you know people are like very reverent and quiet and calm and peaceful and i'm opposite yeah. i am loud everything about me can be very chaotic but in a beautiful way i'm just yeah. saying <laughs> so you felt like you needed to conform to what you saw yes. members of the church be like in order to be a full member. I was like, right. I was like, even though I'm a member, I guess I'm not fully a member yet, simply because... You're not like everyone that you yes. see. So, and what a great question, because d does it mean if we conform to the way we live or the, the principles of the gospel, do we have to conform to personality and the way we look and the way we dress? dress. How did you get through that? What helped you? Um, I started to realize that the reason I'm here and the reason I am the way I am is because God put me on this planet. So I shouldn't have to change who I am to fit into a religion because the church itself is not like the church culture is not perfect, but the church itself is perfect. Right. And nowhere in the scriptures do they say you have to be like everybody else. <laughs> do you understand what I mean? Right. Be ye therefore like everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Right. Where is that scripture? I never saw it. <laughs> and um, that's when I started like realizing like, what needs to change are my actions. Like, mm -hmm. am I doing things that are correlating with the church or that follow my views of the church? And that's when I was like, okay, if I'm not doing something that correlates with the church, so be it, I won't do it anymore. Like, for example, I'd stop drinking iced tea at home. So I was like, okay, no more, no more of those. <laughs> but then like, did that make me change? No, I still drink water. I still run. I still have a lot of friends. I'm still very loud and like still Alex. It's just that I'm not doing certain things anymore yeah. and I'm perfectly fine with it. And then that's when I was like, oh, wow. OK, cool. So I can still be a loving child of God and I can still keep up with the gospel and I can still do all these amazing things. But I don't have to change myself completely. Yeah. I need to improve on myself and improve changing yourself completely versus improving yourself to be a better uh, servant of the Lord is yeah. two very different things. Right. And it took yeah. a while for me to learn that. But as I'm older and I'm learning and I'm viewing the things going on around me and I'm constantly analyzing and changing my perspective of the world, I'm molding myself to become the woman I want to be who's also going to be a great hand to the Lord. Yeah. What, what a great thing to say. And, and I love that you're talking about analyzing mm -hmm. um, because that initial testimony that was sort of 
just in your gut that you didn't realize you had has become more of a deliberate choice where, yes. where you're choosing, you're analyzing, you're weighing different choices. Mm -hmm. And as you kept moving forward, especially now that you're at college and finding your own identity, because it, it might be easy again to say, I need to try and be like everybody else. What have you done, especially in an environment at a church school where, where you might feel like you're different from other people? How do you maintain that value for yourself and your own identity as Alex, as yourself? Okay, so my first two years here, horrible. <laughs> um, everyone would come up to me and be like, it took a while for me to get to this point, but someone, someone came up to me once and was like, did you serve a mission? I was like, no. And he's like, well, I think you should serve a mission. Like, I have a really good feeling you'd be a great missionary. And then it got to a point where I, I was so tired of everyone saying that. And I said, oh, really? Keep that revelation to yourself. I'll be waiting for God's <laughs> revelation wow. to me. Because I just, um, everyone was just trying to push me to go on a mission, push me. And there's nothing wrong with going on a mission. Yeah. But I personally did not feel like I needed to go on a mission. Ooh, sorry, microphone. Um, <laughs> I personally did not feel like I needed to go on a mission. And I prayed about it, and I didn't feel like it was right. Also, same thing with, like, um, everyone, like, being like, hi, or being very passive aggressive <laughs> and stuff like that. I was, that's not me. I'm not passive aggressive. And I'm very straightforward. I don't like to kick around the bushes or everything. But when I first came here, everyone was kind of like that. So I was like, maybe I need to change a little bit. Mm. Or from the way that I talked, or from the way that I dressed, or from all these other things, I was afraid to be different because I didn't see anyone that was like me. Right. Yeah, and that was very hard on me. And that, like, it, that also affected the way I viewed myself at times, too. And then it wasn't until spring 2017 when I moved in with my best friend, Willie, and she's still my best friend. Um, when we moved in together, she introduced me to a lot of other kids who are from different parts of Africa. And then I met all the Haitian girls that I'm very close with at this moment of my life, my family, basically. And it was there that I saw it's OK to be different because yeah. within my group of friends, we may all be Haitian, but we're all very distinct and have very distinct personalities and we love each other and that's okay. You don't have to dye your hair blonde. You don't have to stop talking and be mute or like be passive aggressive or something like that. that was kind of like the culture out here when I first came. Like yeah. if you don't like something, you can be honest about it mm -hmm. and you don't have to agree with all your professors on their views. Mm. And I was always scared of that. And then when I came to come across a group of people who accepted me for who I was, that's when I was okay again. And now that I have them, I know I have that strong foundation for myself where I'm like, it's okay to be different and I can be blunt, I can be loud, but as long as I know that I love God and that I'm pushing myself to be better, that is okay. Yeah, <laughs> and what a good example you are to people who might feel different, especially um, if they feel like I, I have to live according to the standard, which therefore means I act and look like everyone else. Yeah. Um, how do you, like, like you said, you need to make sure you're comfortable with yourself, that you are yourself and that you have a good relationship with God. Yeah. How do you nurture that relationship with God? And the reason I want to ask you is because again, for everyone, it not, may not be the same. Yes. You have your own version of your relationship with God. So what does that look like? And how do you make sure that you're connected with him so that you can value yourself? I pray all the time. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just the, because when I was younger, I didn't pray at all. And then I wouldn't read my scriptures at all. And then as I got older, I was like, ooh, I must read and I must pray. And I guess I must pray a certain way. Blah, and so you, you, it was a binary, yeah, right? Yeah, it was you, a binary. You went from one end to, to the another. other. 
So what does it look like now and how did you get there? Well, as of now, it's very, it's like I'm talking to a big brother, older dad, like dad or big brother or something like that. I'm just like, God, why? <laughs> I was like, I need an answer right now. I don't know. Like I will just literally in the middle of anything, I could break up and break any conversation and just start talking to God. It's, yeah. It sounds weird, it doesn't but sound weird. okay. <laughs> because um, my friends will be like, well, we could be talking about um, relationships. And I'll be like, God, why am I single? Come on, man, like explain this to me. And then it's just like my inner monologue. My friends have gotten used to it. Um, and they don't, they don't feel bad. They don't feel weird around me or anything like that. And they know I'm being serious too. But it's just like, I treat God like he's there with me all the time because mm -hmm. he is. And you know, even though there's like seven, eight billion people, seven, seven billion people on this planet, he's with every single one of us at every single moment. So it'd be weird if I just continue to ignore a spiritual presence right there. So yeah. as long as I have that connection in my heart that I know he's there, I'm always going to reach out and talk to him, whether I'm on TV, like now, or <laughs> whether um, I'm just sitting in my room by myself. I would just be thinking about God. Even like when I, the simplest things, I'll walk out of my friend's house and I do, a, I'll start praying automatically to make sure I get home safely and to make sure that mm -hmm. nothing happens to my friend. Yeah. So it's just like, you, I guess he's always in the back of my mind that like, as long as I keep talking to him, I will be okay. Yeah, good. And uh, no matter what you encounter, yeah. you have that, that presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me ask you one last question. If you were talking to someone who maybe was at a church school or maybe um, they're the only member of the church where they're living and they, they feel kind of alone and like they stand out. Now that you've come to feel really comfortable with who you are, mm -hmm. what advice would you give them to help them feel comfortable with their relationship with God and with their relationship with themselves at the same time? Because like you've said, they're sort of intertwined. Um, I say this mostly to girls and then I, a guy could listen. Okay, so God put you on this planet to be you, right? So instead of trying to be like everybody else, you should try to be the best version of yourself. And that means that sometimes you just might be different from other people and that's perfectly fine. And remember, at the end of the day, you're still royalty. So you can't let anyone tell you that you're less than them because they're in the same place as you. And that's just how I see it at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. It's great advice. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> we appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me.